Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's happening, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. We're coming to you in the middle of the week this time because we want to give you as much World Series coverage as possible, and we hear the feedback and the popular demand. So where we're at right now, the Dodgers and Tampa Bay Rays have two games in the books, and it's a split right now since the Dodgers just dropped game two, six to four. And we're going to start this one off a little different. It's actually from... One of our popular listeners at Zimzy, Matthew Zimmerman on Twitter, he says many things in play, but right now it seems like it's possible the Rays get to at least one Dodger starter in the next three games, then force a game seven after the bad hair rookie twins again poop themselves on the mound. And I'm going to hand this over to David <laughs> Rosenthal because I think he has something he wants to say. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? Good to be here with you midweek. Uh, basically what it comes down to is we have a five-game series. Uh, we have Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, and Julio Arias going in the next three games. I don't think you could have dreamed out a better possible scenario to be in the Dodgers position right now. Obviously, you would have liked to take game two. Uh, but the Rays have Charlie Morton, who's a tough you know, tough guy. Uh, nobody for game four. They'll probably have to start Yarbrough, who the Dodgers hit around in uh, game one. And then probably have to go back to uh, Glasnow in game six. So... You know, it's it's unfortunate that we haven't seen the best of Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin yet, uh, but it's also a big factor of how the Dodgers are using them, and I think that's a huge reason uh, why they've struggled. We can get into that a little bit later, but I'll let Jake yes. say what up. Yeah, what's up, Jake Reiner? What's up, guys? I'm glad that we're doing this in between the World Series. I'm glad that we have a day off to do this, so this is nice. But uh, in the words of David Rosenthal, this is really simple, okay? That's right. You've got... <laughs> You've got, you've got two games that have, that have happened in the World Series. In one game, you had an example of how the Dodgers put it all together in a victory. They hit well. They ran the bases well. They pitched well. And, they, and Dave Roberts managed well. So you have all four of those things working for you in game one. And if you do that every game, you're going to win. That's just the style of play that the Dodgers have of forcing the issue hitting with runners in scoring position, pushing the runs across, manufacturing runs, but also using power to use both of them at the same time. And then in game two, you have the exact opposite of what hurt us pretty badly in the Braves series, which is we didn't hit with runners in scoring position. We relied solely on the power. Our pitching wasn't great, and the managing wasn't great. So you've got the tale of two games, and hopefully they can regain the success that they had in game one. But... And, and I have to say, it's not all on Dave Roberts in game two, but um, they are misusing their pitchers. And it's unfortunate 
that we have to go to a bullpen game in game two of the World Series. We don't have to do this. This is not something that's mandated. It's not something where we don't have enough starting pitching to, uh, to fill out the rest of the rotation. We did this on purpose and for no good reason. Yeah, and one of our listeners, Ryan, at Catch the Blues on Twitter, seems to be in sync with you because he says, spoiled milk, but Dustin May has really been misused this postseason. And I frankly agree. Although I think they used him perfectly in the first couple rounds, I didn't really like how they used him in the NLCS. We don't really need to touch base on that. But I felt like game two, whether it was Roberts or Freeman, was really poorly managed yesterday. Uh, just to go through it real quick, I didn't like them starting out with Gonsolin. And, you know, fine, I respect this, the, the decision, but I feel like they did yank him a little too quick. He only got four outs. And, yes, they went to Floro, and it worked out fine. But then they went to Victor Gonzalez, who I, I actually liked that move. I felt he should have started the game. Uh, uh, I'll go into that in a quick second. But this is where things got a little messy. Kike Hernandez misplayed a ball. Should have been an easy routine double play. That resulted in Choi reaching first base. And then I'll let you guys get some words in. Roberts went with the quick hook on Gonzalez, who's been nothing but phenomenal this entire postseason. This is where he brings in Dustin May to bring it to face Manuel Margot. Margot hits a very... I think it was the hardest hit, one of the hardest hits of the game, over 100 miles an hour. That results in a single. Now there's two men on base. Now you got Dustin May against the lefty Joey Wendell. Wendell gets a piece of a hanging curve or slide or whatever it was. Rays get two runs. Now they're up three nothing. So we can just start right. We can start right here with the Dustin May decision. Well, here's the thing. The Dodgers are playing like they are the Atlanta Braves, where they only have two starters and they have to figure it out the rest of the way. This didn't have to happen this way. The Dodgers have five really solid starting pitchers. And for whatever reason, they've chosen to use Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May out of the bullpen pretty erratically, whether they're you know an opener or they're coming in the middle of a game or they're coming in with runners on base. That's a lot of pressure to put on two rookie pitchers. I'm sorry. But, but to do this in a World Series setting, even in the NLCS, is just a catastrophe. It's a disaster waiting to happen. And for me, if you're going to start Tony Gonsolin, you say, listen, kid, here's the ball. You're starting this game. We're going to use you as a starter. And then if you get into really bad trouble, we're going to take you out. But to say to Tony Gonsolin, hey, you're going to be the opener, or Dustin May, you're going to be the opener as he was in the NLCS Game 7, which, by the way, even though they won that game, I wasn't too happy with that either. It's like it's a different mentality when you put these pitchers in these different situations and you start them off saying that you're only going to pitch one, one inning. Well, what does that do to your psyche? It's like you know that you have you know a certain amount of pitches to get going, to get those pitches in rhythm, and – you, you can't, you know, go past two innings or three innings before you get taken out of the game. So that puts that extra pressure on you to perform well and empty the tank in that first inning. And sometimes it just doesn't go well. And it's annoying because it's not like we're forced into this spot. We chose to do this. We chose to get cute. Talking about Andrew Friedman and the rest of the guys that make the decisions before the game. I just don't understand it. Yeah, my take is, you know, I actually didn't hate it. I actually didn't hate not using Julio Arias and just starting with him. Uh, Arias was very, you know, heavily used in the NLCS. They, he threw 100-plus pitches in the first game he came in and then finished game seven with three innings. 
So I, I, I didn't hate the strategy of not using Bueller on, on, on short rest or Arias on short rest. No, I'm with, I'm with the you thing, on that. I'm with yeah, you on that. The thing I would have wanted to see is handing the ball to Dustin May and saying, look, we are going to ride you until the wheels fall off. Not for one inning, not for two innings. Exactly. You give, you give up a run, that's fine. Uh, but here's the ball, go win the game. And not Tony Gonsolin, but Dustin May. Because when you use Dustin May as a reliever, it's very different. He is not a reliever. Uh, he, he induces hard contact because of his high-velocity high pitches. Uh, and putting him in the middle of a jam is not an ideal situation. My biggest problem with game, uh, game two yesterday was where they used Dustin May. When they, brought it, when they brought him in with runners on, it should have 100% been Blake Trinan, Gratterall, Baez, anyone who's a reliever, used to men, uh, used, to, used to coming in with men on base, and then you bring in Dustin May and give him a clean inning if you're going to start Gonsolin. But if it was up to me, I would have said, Dustin, the ball is yours. Let's see the country fastball for as long as it'll take you. Right. It just didn't seem like they had a true plan yesterday. It didn't at all. It was just sort of like, we're bringing in Floro, then we're bringing in Wood. And it just, it didn't, it seemed like they were just kind of like picking guys at random to get warmed up and put in the game. Yeah. It's the, the usage of the relievers yesterday and specifically May was just not, not ideal, but I, you know, I don't hate punting game two. Uh, it just means you're going to have to win two of the next three. All right, we're doing things different here on the incline today. We wanted to bring on some fans, get some thoughts on the World Series. So we're going to kick it off with one of our listeners, Chase Aguiar. How's it going, man? Welcome to the incline. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going well, man. Going man. Good. We're going to give you some – we're going to give you the floor here. So drop whatever your Twitter handle, whatever Dodgers, Lakers projects you're working on. Throw it all out there. Well, um, I'm at Chase Aguiar on Twitter. Um, pretty simple. Um, I do a podcast with my buddy Mike. We talk sports and all that good stuff. But I uh, haven't been doing a lot lately. But honestly, after game two, I, I don't know how you guys feel. I've kind of been listening and I've kind of been getting your thoughts. But I kind of wanted Urias in game two. But I know that's not a popular opinion. Um, obviously, he's going to go in game four on 4S, which is probably more ideal. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got Walker Bueller in game three. You got Urias in game four. You got Kershaw in game five. And then you go from there. I mean, the Dodgers are set up just about as well as you can possibly want to be set up in the next three games pitching-wise. And it's literally just going to come down to how, how are the bats going to respond. That's basically it. And we know this. this that, that's basically the difference in this series is the Dodgers lineup compared to the Rays lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm right there with you. I think if the Dodgers win the next three games, then game two is never going to be talked about a game again. But um, my, well, I, I'm, right, I'm right there with you, though. I actually wanted them to use Arias in game two because I noticed that the Rays struggle a lot more against left-handed pitching. We saw Kershaw completely have them. They had no answer for Kershaw other than one home run. And then yesterday, Victor Gonzalez was doing just fine against them. Brandon Lau, who hit two home runs yesterday, he's been struggling against lefties, and when they throw the slider against him, he has a whiff rate of nearly 60%. But if you, if you have him face a righty, that's where he's doing most of his damage. And we saw yesterday he hit one off Gonsolin, and he hit one off May. So, Kevin, would you have chosen to go with Urias over May and Gonsolin, or would you have still used May and Gonsolin and Urias? So, so yeah, this is what I would have done. If you start with Gonsolin – 
the Rays are going to put together their lineup loaded with lefties because, you know, they're thinking they're going to face Gonsolin. But now you throw them off balance and you put in your left-handed relievers. Now you got Gonzalez and Urias. So that's either going to force Cash to completely flip his lineup. It's going to take out guys like Meadows and Choi and then put in Brosso and um, whoever else. And I think that's – I mean, you get a leg, off, a leg up and you really – kind of fool the raise in that sense but yesterday going with may we were kind of just preaching to the race strengths and it didn't work out yeah i think i think it would have been a different story if they had lost game one i think if they lost game one they would have gone with arias in game two uh but winning game one you know there, there wasn't a ton of pressure in game two uh but losing it now it basically just means they're banking on winning two of the next three games uh you, you're gonna have to win one of the next two a hundred percent uh, and I think they're in a good position to do that. I, th- I think Bueller and Arias on full rest is, is exactly where you want to be. Um, like, like, like we've said before, it's, they were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position yesterday. Uh, if that stat becomes 2 for 6, maybe they win yesterday, even in spite of all the pitching. Uh, so it's, it's pretty simple at this point. It's, they're just going to have to hit. Uh, I think they're going to get good, good performances from Bueller and Arias on uh, full rest the next two games. I just, it just, it's just painful to watch May and Gonsolin get hit around time after time and for them to not recognize that maybe this is not the role that they should be putting these guys in and they should be starting them and saying, here's the ball, go and pitch. You are the, you are the starting pitcher. It, it messes with their psyche and I don't understand it. And also to all those people saying that Alex Wood should get a start after pitching, uh, you know, okay for the first time in forever. I just, I, I, I don't even want to li- listen to that. Yeah, that's yeah. just like instant knee-jerk reaction, panic mode stuff right there. That should not happen. Yeah, to, to Jake's point, um, if you just give Gonsolin or May the ball and just say, here, go pitch five innings, just go give us the best you got and let's see what happens. I mean, it just makes a lot more sense than saying, all right, they're going to start the game and then we're going to go wherever we go from there. But also to your point with uh, the 0 for 6 was on score position, um, they had first and second in the second inning with one out. Like if we get a base hit there, we're talking about a tie ball game in the second inning. Like there's just, there's so many ways that game could have gone. So at the end of the day, you know, you just, you, you take what you take the loss and you now you go and throw your three best pitchers in your rotation the next three games and you hope for the best results. Yeah. Speaking of that, Blake Snell through the first four innings, he looked like the best pitcher the Dodgers had faced up through those first four innings. Nine strikeouts, no hits, but it was good to see they got him in the fifth inning. He didn't even finish that inning. Chris Taylor with the two-run home run. You know, it felt like the Dodgers started to cook something. We saw later in that game, Corey Seager hit a solo home run. So the offense wasn't as explosive as we've seen in other games, but they still managed to put up four runs, and we saw the best raise relievers. So those are kind of the silver linings in my book. The more at-bats we get against these guys, it sets up well later on in the series. And we just saw that against the Atlanta Braves. Chris Martin, A.J. Mentor, it really backfired. So those are some positives to take away, at least in this loss. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be facing uh, Charlie Morton. Now. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Charlie Morton. And um, he, he owned us in 2017. Um, and he's owned a lot of guys, and he's a really good postseason pitcher. Got a lifetime postseason ERA under three. Um, but Bueller's no slouch either. 
I think these two guys are probably the best elimination game pitchers in the game. Like if you like if you have a series on the line and need to get a win, you give the ball to Charlie Morton, you give the ball to Walker Bueller, and they deliver pretty much every time. Yeah, so Morton. There's there's no doubt. Go ahead, Kevin. All right, so just to set up, Morton this postseason, he's made three starts. He's three and zero. He has an O fifty seven ERA. 15.2 innings, 17 strikeouts. So in the regular season, he was 2-2 two and two with a 4.74 ERA. And you look at all his advanced metrics, none of it looked very good other than his curveball movement. So hopefully we can turn this guy into salt, if you get the pun. But yeah, I, got it, I, I want the Dodgers to get some serious revenge against this guy. He's part of the whole cheating scandal, as Jake mentioned. So this guy's due for regression. He's 36 years old. I know David's got some things to say, so I'll pass it over. Yeah, I mean, we saw him in the 2017 World Series, but other than that, there, there's not a whole lot of, you know, Dodgers matchups that we've seen before. Mookie Betts is 6 for 20 against him with two doubles and three walks. He's got to set the tone early. Uh, we saw what happened in uh, ALCS Game 7. He went 5, and then Cash went with the quick hook, maybe 6, actually. Uh, but the, he, he pulled him with, I think it was 60 or 70 pitches, so – I wouldn't expect a huge long outing from Morton. You know, the Rays bullpen is going to be rested. It was, I think it's a big, big deal. And I, I want to point out that the Dodgers forced Tampa Bay to use Fairbanks, Castillo, and uh, Loop. No, no, no. Who's the other guy? Fairbanks. Yarbrough. Yarbrough. Oh, Yarbrough, right? No, he used Yarbrough in game one. Why am I blanking it's on Loop? The yeah, they used Loop. Loop. Um, I can't remember who they I don't know. What, it, they use their top three relievers. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, they're, that's huge for oh, the exposure. Oh, uh, An- Anderson? Yes, thank you, Nick Anderson. Oh. Uh, so we, we got to see struggling. some at-bats. He has been struggling, but we got to see some at-bats against their top guys, and that's going to come into play big time in, this, in the next few games. All right, Chase, we really appreciate you coming on. So we'll let you give your final thoughts and what to look forward in the future or anything that's on your mind. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only thing I want to say is um, going on uh, Charlie Morton in game three. I think from 2017, look, obviously he dominated us in 2017. I think this lineup is, as much as I love that 2017 team, I think this lineup is so much more built to take care of Charlie Morton in game three. So I'm really confident that the bats could get going. I think it's literally going to come down to this. Does Walker Bueller's blister hold up in game three? If Walker Bueller's blister holds up in game three, I think the Dodgers take game three pretty, pretty handily. Well, I, like I agree it. with you. All right, guys, take it easy. Thank you for coming Thanks on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. All right, so speaking of Bueller in game three, it was mentioned earlier this afternoon that they're considering throwing Austin Barnes as the catcher for Walker Bueller, and I think they fully got to go with this move. We just I know, saw it. We know you think that, Kevin. I feel like I was on a hill all by myself and just like Noah and his ark, more people are flocking oh towards my God. Me, that they are seeing the light that Austin Barnes defensively is the best he's got. And he's been making a major difference. I, we can talk about that game six again, but there's no need. He was great with Kershaw in game one against the Rays. That's relevant, but look, Bueller has the blister. He's been struggling with control. We don't know where it's at right now. These are games you have to win. If you can get 100% Walker, and Bueller, and that means you put Smith in as your DH, then you do it. A.J. Pollock hasn't done 
anything this postseason. No knock on Pollock, but he just hasn't. So I, for one, I'm for the Austin Barnes at catcher move right now. Yeah, and I think it's something that uh, Dave and I have said since the beginning as far as uh, Austin Barnes goes, or at least I've been saying it since the beginning. If a Dodgers pitcher named Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller wants Austin Barnes to catch them, then you give them Austin Barnes. Like, there should be no, uh, you know, no other opinions in the room about that because Bueller did say he felt comfortable with Austin Barnes. And I'm fine with that if that's what they want. If, if, if that's who Kershaw wants, then that's who Kershaw's – whoever is going to give us the best pitching performance or have our pitcher feel the most comfortable, I'm fine with that person behind the plate. Just, so, just as long as Will Smith is in the lineup at DH. And I think in terms of A.J. Pollock, you just have to sit him. He, he, unfortunately, he's just, he just doesn't have it. For whatever reason in the postseason, he doesn't hit well. And uh, he had a great season. He, you know, w- we don't get to where we are without him, but he is, is just struggling at the plate and he's, he's almost an automatic out at this point. Yeah. For in terms of Barnes, starting with Bueller, I'm fine with it. Like you said, just put Smith uh, at DH and, and, and move it, move it along. But I want to talk about Bueller and his blister a little bit. I, in game six of the NLCS, he threw 89 pitches and 66 of them were fastballs or cutters. 53 fastballs, 13 cutters. What that tells me is the blister is definitely still bothering him because that's going to affect your breaking pitches a lot more than it does your, you know, your country fastball. Uh, so he's going he's gonna to have to rely on the fastball yet again. Uh, he averaged 97.3 miles per hour on this fastball that game, which is significantly up from his you know, regular season. So he's going to have to find the juice, go to the well, and rely on the fastball. Uh, and I think – you know, if he has the command he did in game six of the, NLC, of the uh, NLCS, they'll be fine. Uh, the Rays are a good fastball hitting team. They're going to put Choi in there. They're going to put, obviously, Randy or Rosarena in there. Uh, but if Bueller can locate it and skate by with throwing, you know, 15 breaking pitches in the whole game, Blister should be fine and the Dodgers should be fine. Yeah, I also think part of the increase in fastball usage had to have been a part of the Braves just getting a lot of men on base as well but you know they had a game plan and it worked the fact that Bueller was able to escape that bases loaded jam with no one out in the second inning that's one of the biggest plays of the entire postseason for sure we're going to be joined by someone else in just a couple minutes but I wanted to talk about game one real quick because that had a lot of excitement for the Dodgers bats let's talk about Mookie Betts I mean he won America tacos this is the second time he's done that in his career now he is the First player since Chase Utley who had to have two stolen bases and a home run in the same World Series game. And he also matched Babe Ruth with a walk and two stolen bases in the same inning. So Mookie Betts also hit a home run. He made an amazing catch defensively. It's just one game, but I'm really glad to see Mookie Betts has left his mark in the World Series. And now people are comparing him, saying if, if not – the same he's better than Mike Trout um I just want to say that when that when you just brought up that Babe Ruth stat I I saw someone online or a couple people saying that um the Red Sox dealt Babe Ruth and then a hundred thousand years later dealt Mookie Betts and so their their trading record is just not good but hey listen 
this is what we expect from Mookie Betts. This is what I've been wanting for this entire postseason is just to wreak havoc on the bases. It's just to put pressure on these guys. Yeah, you called that. And, it, it, and hey, it worked because his speed got us a run. It manufactured a run, and it sparked a rally that pushed across four runs in that inning when he stole those two bases. So to me, this has got to be part of the game, the offensive game plan moving forward, is to get guys on base and to steal bases. We've got guys like Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor. They all can steal bases. They all can put pressure on, on the Tampa Bay Rays. And that'll help when, we're, when our offense is not you know, hitting with runners in scoring position or hitting home runs. You've got to be able to put pressure on the other team and you've got to be able to force the issue and manufacture runs. He's been awesome this, this entire postseason. He saved games with his legs, with his glove, with his arm, with his bat. I mean, you name it, this guy has done it. And he's just showing his worth every single game, and you got to love it. Yeah, I mean, I said it in our last episode. If the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, Mookie Betts is going to be the World Series MVP. Uh, they need him. They need him at the top of the lineup. They need him to keep doing what he's been doing, and they need him to hit. We didn't see him hit very much in the NLCS, and, you know, it's – he, he made up for it with his defense, I'll, I'll say that. But they need him to hit. They need him to keep hitting. They need him to keep getting on base. Uh, he basically sets the tone, and, and he's one of those guys where the other guys just feed off his energy. Uh, it's no secret that the Dodgers have struggled in the postseason hitting prior to this year. Everyone knows it. They know it. Uh, and Mookie Betts is the guy, the new guy. You see him hitting, then, you, then you're acting like, okay, well, maybe I should get a hit now too. Maybe I'll feed off that energy. Uh, and that's what's just going to have to happen. It's, it's pretty simple. And, and for the tacos, I don't care that he got us all tacos. I just don't. If you need a taco that bad, I'll buy you a taco. Can we, can we end this taco nonsense? It's 99 cents. I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys tacos if you want. The tacos are kind of good juju. It looks like most of the time the team that steals the tacos wins the World Series. But that doesn't whatever, matter. Whatever, whatever gets them to steal bases, <laughs> I'll, I don't care. Just do it. Like if, it, if, if tacos was an incentive, that's fine. I don't care. Just as long if, as they're. It boosts my ego because the last two times the Dodgers were in the World Series, it was the other team that got the tacos for America. So this time it feels good that we're the team that did it. But anyways, we're joined by another Dodger fan. He was on actually during the offseason, friend of the show. It's at intern underscore Phil. It's Phil. What's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, Phil? Good, Phil. Share us your Dodger thoughts. And I know you dropped a question too, so we can address that. I did. And my question was very simple. It was, why does Dave Roberts want to see me upset? Uh, I think a lot of people have been questioning Dave Roberts's managerial decisions since he joined the team. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my grandfather and and he's an Angels fan and we talk baseball all the time. And when the Dodgers hired Dave Roberts, we both were actually on the Bud Black bandwagon. Uh, Of course, Black went on to coach the Rockies, but uh, when the Dodgers hired Roberts, I was like, oh, great. Uh, a good young manager. He has obviously has ties with the team. He has, uh, he won a World Series in 2004, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. But, you know, he, he, he showed out. He, he, he seemed like he could be a good, uh, a good young candidate for the Dodgers moving on from Donnie Baseball, who was another bad decision of, of ours uh, on the transition from Joe Torre. But um, I, I feel like right now this team is playing against two people. They're playing against the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're also playing against Dave Roberts. And it's – it's got to be quite disappointing when you're Tony Gonsolin getting ready to throw game two and you think you're going to be the starter when you have a short leash. And I'm talking a very, very short leash 
Uh, and you're a young pitcher. Tony Gonsolin needs World Series experience. If, if going forward, Gonsolin is going to be included in the Dodgers starting rotation, he needs to have postseason experience. He needs to go more than, what was it, an inning Four and outs. a half. Yeah, nothing. He did nothing. And you see Blake Snell – well, let me keep, continue with the bullpen or, or, excuse me, the starting staff here. You need, the guy, you need guys to go more than, than a half inning, realistically. If I'm Tony Gonsolin and I know that, that my leash is, is, you know, 20 pitches or even like 10 pitches, where's my confidence going forward? If, I, if the guy right behind me is going to be utilized, Dustin May, another guy, pitched quite well in the San Diego series. Why is he just not the fourth or fifth starter? Julio Urias, same thing, has been phenomenal out of the bullpen. I love Urias more out of the bullpen than I do seeing him start. The combination of him and Gonzalez have been, has been fantastic for the Dodgers. They didn't go to it last night, which made no sense. They wanted to go with Joe Kelly and Jake McGee and Alex Wood, who I forgot was even on the team. Uh, who else do we want to throw out there? We want to throw Jason Schmidt out there? Or who else <laughs> is waiting in the wings for the Dodgers to, to get a couple innings in there? But, um, look – Obviously, love our boys in blue, and the, and and Roberts isn't the only issue. The offensive inconsistency is also an issue, and I think David, you were saying that a little bit before I jumped in, talking about, you know, you may not care about Taco Bell, but I do. I very much love getting a free taco, especially when the Dodgers swipe a bag, something they they almost never do in the postseason. It feels like right, um, but uh, <laughs> I, offensively inconsistent. You can see while the Rays are inexperienced, they have bats. And they have pitching. I'm not looking forward to going up against Charlie Morton tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to seeing his curveballs and seeing postseason Charlie again like we did in 2017. And if the offense doesn't wake up and doesn't figure it out, it's going to be a long series and it's not going to go the way L.A. wants. Phil, you brought up an interesting point about Urias that, uh, that, that made me think about something. During the regular season, Julio Urias, for whatever reason, could not get out of the first inning. His first innings were terrible. So what did they do? They figured out a way to maximize his talent and bring him out of the bullpen and not have the first inning be the first inning. It was either the second inning or the third inning. So they put him in a position to be successful. I don't know why they're not doing that with any of their other pitchers. It makes absolutely no sense. And obviously the decision to have Gonsolin or May as openers or whatever coming out of the bullpen is not just on Roberts. It's on the front office as well. But to me, it's like you see something is not working. Clearly, they're not cut out for this sort of, you know, jack-of-all-trades type of reliever. Why wouldn't you go with what did work during the regular season and just, and just go with that? I mean, yeah, yeah, Dustin May pitched out of the bullpen, like, what, once during the uh, regular season against the Padres, and he did well? So what is that? That's licensed to give him free reign out of the bullpen the entire postseason? It makes absolutely no sense, and you're right. We have – four or five really good starters and we're not using them as, as starters. And it's, it just, it's mind blowing. It, it's, it, it falls into the category again of Dave Roberts overthinking Dave Roberts uh, of, of him wanting to make decisions like that to go, well, I've got two guys in Gonsolin and May, so I'll just throw them back to back. It's, it's fine. I know that I, I'm, I'm banking a lot. The Dodgers are banking a lot on Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw. And I am wearing my Walker Bueller shirt. I'm a huge fan of Bueller. I love him. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. Um, but, but my issue is, is, you are not factoring in the possibility, and, and I'm going to knock on every single piece of wood I can find, that Kershaw were to give up four, four runs in the first inning. We've seen it before where Kershaw struggles in October. Thankfully, game one, he pitched phenomenal. He's been great all postseason long for the Dodgers, but will that break? Will that turn? Uh, instead, now you've got – you're banking heavily on Kershaw and Bueller to go in extended seven innings or, or possibly at the, the least five or six – 
and you're not factoring in the possibility of those guys giving up a few runs to begin the game. And then, then what do you do? Oh, I, I can't go to my long reliever and Tony Gonsolin because I pitched him last night. I can't go to Dustin May because I pitched him as well last night. They're just taxing the bullpen more and more. And I agree, Urias struggled when he came in as a starter. But even you can go back even further. Uh, I believe 2016 was our first time seeing Julio out of the bullpen when the Dodgers played. It was either against the Cubs or I believe the Nationals before then, and he pitched great. And then they were like, okay, maybe we can use him as a starter, and it didn't work out. Why not just keep using him as a reliever? You've got a guy in Dustin May who you know can go six-plus. You know he's got nasty stuff. Why not just stick with the game plan that's been working all season long? We have the best record in baseball. Why now all of a sudden in the World Series are we experimenting with our bullpen and the starting staff? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think this is a bigger than Dave Roberts plan. I think this is coming from the front office. I think Dave Roberts is, you know, going along with it. Uh, but, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show, I think all three of us would have preferred Dustin May to just start game two and just ride We're him. Gunsling. And just ride him. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You, you're the point of, you know, knowing you're on a short leash and then feeling that pressure of if I walk a guy, maybe I'm done. Yeah. Uh, that definitely, that definitely plays a role, especially for two young starters, not relievers, starters. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough to see, but as I said earlier, the Dodgers are in a good position. I'll take the Dodgers three, three next pitchers over the Rays, three next pitchers all day long. Uh, it's going to come down to offense. Bueller's going to pitch. Well, uh, Arias has, done nothing but been lights out this season and hopefully we get you know what Kershaw did in game one but the final point I want to make is I would in game four I would really really like to see them open with Bruce Dar Gratterall I would like to see him get the top of the order once and then go to Urias in the second inning no I don't love the idea of Urias starting we've seen the issues he's been lights out but why why even take the chance? Just get Gratterall, high leverage, first inning, get these three guys out, move on. I unless, think that's what I would do. Unless he gets an 11-run support system in the first inning. Then Correct. you start him. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I don't think we but can think on that. But with the offensive inconsistency, it's kind of hard to, to factor in those early runs early on because, you know, even in the last series against Atlanta, the Dodger bats were quiet for at least 90% of that series. And they finally woke up late and they were able to – to beat a team they should have beat in five games or, or possibly maybe even less. Um, other, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the other thing to factor in in game four is Kevin Cash is pretty much the inventor of the opener. So we speculate Yarbrough is going to get the bulk of the innings, but he very well might open with one of his top relievers just to keep Mookie Betts and Seer off the base. So I think I'm all in favor. We need to have an opener for Urias. I, I really like the idea of Gratterall. And some of the positives as well is the race have yet to see Kenley Jansen, Gratterall, Trinan, Trinan and yep. Caleric as well. So huge advantage in the long run. for the Look, Dodgers. they need to win two of the next three. That's it. That's what it comes down to. By punting game two, essentially, or, or you know, if you want to call it punting or botching or just not hitting, whatever it is, by doing that, you need to win two of these next three with your three best pitchers going. It's that simple. Uh, you win two of the next three. Hopefully you can close it out in game six. If not, you can close it out in game seven. I'll, uh, if they win two of the next three, I'll be feeling very good, and I won't care about game two. Yeah. So the bad news I wanted to say real quick is Dave Roberts and game two is just – they seem to be a bad combo. This is probably like the fifth game two now over Roberts' career where he's just done something horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, and not just game twos. It feels like uh, for a lot of the, the series and just in general, Dave Roberts has just been, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because 
on one hand, I'm obviously happy the Dodgers are back in the World Series. They're my favorite baseball team. Um, but on the other hand, if they had lost that series to Atlanta, I kind of want Dave Roberts fired. Because the Dodgers win the World Series now, there, there's no reason to fire Dave Roberts because you, you got the formula. You got the players. You, you've, quote, unquote, got the manager. Um, I don't want to see him get an extension, um, although I'm not sure when his contract expires. But it, it's kind of like a – like a, you know, 50, 50. It's like, if we win, great, but we got to keep Dave Roberts. But if we lose, it sucks. But we get all to- right. All right. Someone needs some macaroni grill over there. Let's keep things, <laughs> let's keep things positive here. The point is the Dodgers are three wins away from the world series. Technically this is the, would be their first title since 1988 asterisks next to that, because we all know who won in 2017, but looking ahead, we got our best starters lined up. We've already said Bueller, Arias, and Kershaw. Maybe the Dodgers take this in five. I would, hopefully, we can get two of the three. I'll take that, too. But I think the Dodgers, moving forward, we're in a very great spot. I think the bats, Justin Turner someone that needs to wake up, and Muncie as well. But I think our bats are set to get the Dodgers some runs. So I'm very optimistic. Next game's tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I – also optimistic. I know that everybody else is David and Jake. I know you guys are, are obviously hyped up for this, for the rest of the series. Um, I, I'm feeling more Dodgers than six to be completely honest. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. We have Bueller on the mound tomorrow is, is gives me a lot of confidence as well. Um, I, I like David's idea of, of going with Gatterall early, especially to bail out Urias early on in that first inning. It's something we've seen a lot of teams do, which is go to a reliever in the first inning and then go to their starting pitcher. Um, but like I said, I just don't feel like now is the time to be, really experimenting with the uh with the bullpen so i, I I'm, I'm optimistic i still think the dodgers win it at six uh, and hopefully five but um we'll see what happens quickly my final thoughts are these one i think that the dodgers are in a really great position they're the better team clearly um i think game one showed that the dodgers are the better team just overall if they do everything right but what we saw in game one and game two are the two different versions of the dodgers that one we love and in the second game we absolutely hate and they're super annoying so hopefully they don't continue to play like they played in game two and dave roberts who who you know has had some bad games has also had some really good games so so hopefully um he can you know put things together and make the right moves and the Dodgers can pummel Charlie Morton and end this sort of national media just love fest with him. Yeah. I can't, I can't take it anymore. Turn him to salt. (laughs) Went with the salt joke again. Nice. Uh, Very nice. I didn't hear it the first time. I very much appreciate it, Kevin. Great, great joke. (laughs) Yeah, no, not (laughs) a podcast. But uh, like I said, the Dodgers need to win two of the next three. They're in a good position. And just, just for you, you know, gamblers out there, Bueller has a 198 batting average on balls in play compared to Charlie Martin's 355 batting average on balls in play. And the, the team with the batting average of, on balls in play has a 75% uh, win streak in the uh, postseason. So I like our chances for game three. Uh, I like our chances for game four. And I like our chances for game five. Yeah. All right, Phil. Thanks for coming on the incline. Thanks, guys. And thank you thanks, all for Phil. listening to the incline. World Series action right here. The Dodgers are back in it. So let's see how they do. We are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.